and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. Welcome to this very special Together for the Gospel edition of our broadcast. Joining me here live in Louisville, or is it Louisville? Louisville. Louisville. Louisville is Dr. Jeremy Scott, pastor of Memorial Baptist Church in Verona, Wisconsin. Jeremy, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Glad to be here with you again. And say again, because we actually recorded this yesterday. We were doing one of those really cool, like, in-the-car podcasts. It's live, it's unedited, and it completely failed. Um, well, it didn't fail, but my recording somehow just didn't uh, actually come out. My stupid recorder didn't work. So anyway, we're, we're in the hotel room here in Louisville, and we are anticipating this conference just in, a, in a, just a couple hours from now. So, we're going to do a couple of podcasts concerning this conference. For those of you who don't know, Together for the Gospel is a biannual conference every two years here in Louisville, hosted by uh, Mark Dever, CJ Mahaney, uh, Al Muller, and Ligon Duncan. This started back in, I think it was 2006, and it's been growing and growing ever since then. Now we're packing out the Yum Center uh, with 10,000 people. Jeremy, you've been there. Uh, several times before, so tell us uh, what's you keep coming back to these. You've been to several. Uh, what keeps you coming back? Yeah, I've been to everyone, but the first one uh, was not able to go to that first one. But I remember a pastor and a coworker of mine at the time went to that first one and came back and said, "Hey, this is a conference that uh, we should go to." And then two years later, I went to it. Took some guys from the church. And we're coming back ever since. Um, there's uh, several reasons why, um, but um, I mean, you know, obviously the free books is a great thing. Right. A lot of people talk about that. Uh, a lot of people talk about the quality of speaking or speakers. Um, it's really good. In fact, the first time I think I ever heard Kevin DeYoung was at a T for G, hmm. um, and so it's just just really. I think he was doing a breakout session, but. It was just uh, just high quality speakers, of course. Um, but for me, there's there's a few benefits to it. One is this right here, talking with friends, spending extended time away, carve out some time. It's nice that you called me a friend in public, on the massive audience that is the Basic Bible Podcast group. Yeah, well, I am honored that you are my friend. And um, but you know, we had a good time in the car yesterday driving down. Uh, talking about lots of different things, yeah. lots of different issues. We we shared ministry concerns. We shared, uh, you know, family uh, things that we're we're praying through with our own families and uh, pray together. And it was just that's honestly one of the best things about this is being able to carve out some time because normally you know on a Wednesday at this time you know I'm I'm thinking about Sunday morning sermon. I'm thinking about a whole, whole bunch of other things and. It's almost like a, a mini sabbatical, if you right. will. Um, but the biggest thing for me, or you know, right on par with the fellowship with friends, is uh, the singing hmm. that is there. I mean, you get ten thousand guys. It's predominantly guys that come to this conference. Women are welcome, but predominantly guys. And you hear that many male voices singing praises hmm. to God uh, unashamedly. Um, enthusiastically, um, it's, it's just it's, it gives me a taste. I think of what eternity is going to be like 
right, all the male voices and eternity. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's not what I meant. But <laughs> what I did mean is um, enthusiastic singing. You know, I I've been in church my whole life, and I've seen over and over again in several different churches uh, men standing there with hands in their pockets yeah. and, and not really singing, and um, that that's sad to me. And it's something I, I, I hope changes. But here, there's a there's a sense of people singing praises the Lord and it's just a, a wonderful wonderful uh, time yeah I tell people I've been in many churches where I've I've sung a lot of solos in the midst of the congregation right you know? right uh, I, I I like to sing I like to sing loud and you know if I'm the only one doing that it's really awkward you know I'm, I'm not gonna stop but that's their punishment for not singing <laughs> listening to me but it's it there's something that is spiritually enriching when you are standing with God's people singing the praises of Zion and it, it, it is uh, worship in a just by God's grand design yeah so I'm looking forward to that I, I, I'm uh, I've never been to one of these conferences so I, that's one of the top things on my list that I'm really looking forward to is the singing I don't know if I'd put that above the free books or not but you know yeah, that's a big draw. I mean, and, and you think about it, it's it's a it's a great thing that they do. A concern of mine, I was thinking about this the other day, a concern of mine though is um that it it it, it maybe has lost the 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 grace of it and the specialness mm-hmm. of it and it's almost just expected. Yeah. Now, and I'm concerned about that because I know man's heart. And I wonder if if there wasn't so many free books and things like that, if people would still prioritize coming. Maybe they would. I, I don't yeah. know. I'm not. I, I don't. I can't look into man's heart. But I was just thinking of all the other conferences. I think you know, kind of Shepherd's Conference kind of paved the way. I think yeah. for all the free books and stuff like that. And that was kind of a main thing. And then, of course, when T4G came out, and same thing. I'm just looking at other conferences. It's almost like, well, what are you going to give me? What do I get? What do right. I get? That is a concern of mine. I don't know what to do about it, but. Well, I'm taking the books either way. Well, so. you should. And you but should. I will cultivate a heart of gratefulness and gratitude. You should. Yeah, so. you should. It should be a worship time. It should be a time to to worship God's good gifts and, and to be in awe of Him. And, and that's what I love about singing and I love about being there. And, you know, sometimes you feel like you're the only one fighting in your community for yeah. truth and things like that. So you come to a place like this and, and yeah, there's, there's theological differences in the room and all that, but... One thing we are together on is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we want people to follow Jesus Christ. And we may have different strategies on how to do that. We may have different ideas on um, what is permissible and what isn't permissible in terms of methodology. But at the end of the day, everyone there, I believe, or you know, the vast, vast majority, they want people to follow Jesus right. Christ. And, and that's encouraging to me as a pastor, as a, as a fellow yes. believer in Christ, as a Christ follower. That I'm not the the only one. You know, we were talking about that yesterday, and it is an encouragement to sit in a group of ten thousand people and realize these are all people in similar circumstances to where I'm at. You know, because mm-hmm. it does as the culture begins to have more of an influence on the church. And I, I I shouldn't say begins to, but uh, the culture has a, a dominant influence on the church, and it seems like there's compromise all over the place, and it feels. It feels like I'm the only person in this spot, this area, that's still trying to reach people with 
the uncompromised gospel. Yeah. And, you know, like like Elijah, uh, mm-hmm. discouraged for the prophets of Baal. Well, there are others who haven't right. bowed the knee to Baal. And there are others who are in the same fight, and we're in this together. And God, God's people uh, are still a mighty influence mm-hmm. uh, and carrying out the kingdom work that we've been called to do. Yeah, I, I mean, as you know, I, I minister in the Madison area of Wisconsin, and uh, particularly in terms of uh, issues like uh, sexuality and things yeah. like that, I mean, it's amazing how many churches around have completely embraced mm. uh, gay marriage and um, you know, transgender issues and things like that. And, and I am all for compassion. I am all for love. and right. But we cannot affirm what the Bible right. uh, prohibits. And sometimes I look around and I think, you know, am I the last church standing here? Now I know that's not true. In right. fact, I got friends in the area and their church is standing strong. But you feel that way sometimes. Yeah. Um, so you come to a conference like this and, and sometimes that's helpful uh, just to look around and say, okay, you know, we're, we're not the only ones and, and we're not we're not just the freaks. Now, some of us look like freaks, right. but <laughs> we're not the freaks, you know, of like... There are plenty of people in society, in American society, that still embrace Jesus Christ as their Savior and as the only means of salvation. Right. That's a good reminder for me. And we don't look like freaks. We just look like millennials with skinny jeans and uh, plaid shirts and whatnot. But Yeah, that is not me and that is not you. <laughs> well, being my weight, any, any pants I wear are skinny jeans sometimes, I feel. But anyway... <laughs> That's a, another thing for another story. But, okay, so there, there are a lot of positives. Do you feel uh, walking out of these conferences, is it, is it like a, a shot in the arm? Is it a, uh, yeah, I, I really, I feel encouraged and I can keep on going another couple of days or, you know? Yeah, I think it depends. I, I mean, uh, most of the time, yeah. Uh, there are times where if I've tried to pack too much into a conference like this mm-hmm. that I just actually go home exhausted. Yeah. Uh, and so that's something that I think pastors should keep in mind and people who are coming to a conference like this is uh, uh, treat it as like a mini sabbatical. And you can get lots done when you do that. Um, when I was doing my studies at SBTS down here, uh, I had to come down for a week at a time. And then... Um, they asked me to write up this little thing about if I was gaining anything from the program. And um, when I was reflecting upon it, it was actually the idea of retreat and sabbatical that was super helpful to me. Now I was doing a lot of work. I was in class all day and all that stuff. But I was away from ministry pressure. I was away from even some family uh, responsibilities and things like that for a couple days. You know, like right now, my wife is is holding four down back home. and, And, you know, she is and a, a good good gift from the Lord that I do not deserve she's just a wonderful wife and mother and she's so supportive of this is go get refreshed and right. so um, so I think yes I do walk away with that shot in the arm sometimes but I think you, you've got to think that through of how that's going to happen otherwise uh, you could actually waste this good mm. gift from the Lord yeah and I'll, I'll give a shout out to my wife and you know I, I'm I was very hesitant coming here. If, I, I'm, if it weren't for the fact that the fine folks at T4G gave me a free ticket, uh, thanks to an awesome video my students helped me produce, I probably wouldn't have come. And uh, But my wife has been very 
encouraging in that regard, almost kicking me out the door to make sure I was yeah. able to be here. And, uh, and we can't take that for granted. No. I mean, there are a lot of guys. I mean, there are ministry contexts where their wife has grown jealous, yeah. their wife has grown bitter about some things, and you know, uh, uh, and and, the, and maybe you know that's their own fault in some ways. Talking about the the pastor at that point, but. Um, yeah, I was just reading this morning about uh, Deborah and Barak, and mm. and you know, a, a godly woman can accomplish so much for the kingdom of God and enable other men to. You know, I mean, Barak was like, "Yeah, I'll go, but only if you go with me." Right. And sometimes I feel that with my wife. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. okay, we'll tackle this, but you got to, I got to know you're with me, right. and uh, so just that support is so important. And that we just can't, um, we can't take that for granted. No, no. Um, but we can't talk about it too much because we're, we're in complementarian country. Oh, here. that is true. That and is true. Uh, John Piper is going to be here somewhere. So, yes. Um, no. Uh, let's talk about some of the negative aspects yep. that can possibly come up with a conference like this. I mentioned to you yesterday that I, I felt almost jaded about some of these conferences, mainly out of jealousy that I haven't been able to go until now. Sure. Um, but you and I were talking about there is somewhat of a of a celebrity culture, and I asked you this yesterday, so I'll ask you again since we're re-recording this. What is, as a pastor, do you feel maybe a jealousy or a danger for someone like me who's not a pastor? I'm going to this conference, and I'm going to hear some of the best expositors um, that are really in the country, and I'm going home and I'm going to hear Phil Allen on Sunday, who's not quote unquote on the same level as you know a John Piper or a Mark Dever or a John MacArthur. Yeah, um, I wish. And I told you this yesterday. I wish I could say um, that no, I, that doesn't bother me at all. You know, there's there's no insecurities there at all. But if I'm going to be completely honest, um, there are always insecurities of being compared to other people, whether it be a John Piper, whether it be another local pastor that has a massive church, whether it be a former pastor, whether it be, you know, a church member's cousins, uncles, brothers, sister-in-law's father that is a great pastor or something, you know, um, there's always that comparison. And, and that is that, that, that's something you have to just have a, a mental and spiritual battle with at times. I don't think about it much. Like I didn't even really think about it until you brought it up in terms, yeah. you know, coming coming down yesterday. But um, there is there is that. I, I do hope people realize that um, I, I don't have the giftedness that John Piper has. Right. Okay, um, I do, that's just not something that that God's gifted me with. And I also don't have some of the support staff. Yeah. That some of these guys have either. You, you don't know. have several seminary students doing your research for you on Sunday morning, right? I, I don't, and and I don't know that Don Piper has that either. But I'm just saying that some of these top level speakers often have great support staff, yeah. And they don't have, and they're not in the the grind of preaching at the same church Sunday after yeah. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. I mean, that is something that you know Mark Dever does. Well, but but even him, he doesn't preach probably. I mean, if he preaches 30, 35 Sundays a year, I'd be surprised. Yeah. I mean, maybe he does, but um, but the point is, is when you're when when you're a pastor of you know a little church and 
and you just grind it out every Sunday, you there's a certain level of productivity that you're going to be able to have just by the nature of the demand of, of the preaching. That's on top of the counseling, the Bible studies, yeah. and all the other things that go along with it. Not complaining. I love right. it. I, I'm honored. But you're just not going to be able to produce, one, because yeah. I don't have the giftedness, and that's probably the biggest mm-hmm. reason, but then two, the support staff and things like that. So I just hope that in today's era of... All these guys are so available uh, online and at conferences and things like that. It's good if church members keep that in mind. Because as you said, when we're talking about this, when you're sick, when you're not in church, John Piper, Mark Dever, Al Mola, they're not going to call you and say, how you doing? You know, I'm praying for you this week. Phil Allen is going to be calling you. And saying, you know, why are you sleeping through my sermon? <laughs> you know, and why are you, you know, it seems like you were you were bothered yesterday. It seems yeah. like you know something was wrong. Can I pray for you this week? Um, right, he has that pastoral care over my soul exactly. that God has entrusted him with. Right. That you know, John MacArthur doesn't have that responsibility toward me, nor should he. But right. he's not going to be there at the, at the bedside, or he's not going to be there when I have. Uh, the many hosts of issues that I have to go through. Yeah, and and you know the way that I, I try to encourage people is, you know, these conferences and you know any type of online listening or preaching that you listen to or whatever like that, that's great and it's and it's a sign of a, an abundant blessing that God has given to our age. And I, and I tell my church, I say we have never lived in a time where more theological resources and more good teaching has been easily accessible to the masses. And so there's really no excuse for being biblically illiterate. Because even if you have a pastor that's not a very good teacher, you still have plenty of resources. But all of those things should be supplementary to what your local church is doing and to what your pastor is doing. It shouldn't be your primary then... Well, then maybe you know we'll let your church fill in the gap on the kids' programs. Yeah, um, I, we, we've we've reversed that too many times. Right, and it's not a mistake that I am a part of the church I'm a part of. Right. God wants me under the preaching of Phil Allen. I don't know right. why, but no, I, I, you know, and he poor is... Phil. <laughs> I've never even met the guy, but I, I hear he's a Michigan fan. You met him once, did actually, I? You did. Okay, uh, at a chapel service a while back. Okay, well, um, you know, if he's a Michigan he fan, a, he's a good guy. Apparently, made a big impact on you, but. You know, and he he does labor in the word, and and I do benefit from that preaching. Absolutely, but that's the preaching that God wants me under yep. week after week. It's not the preaching of MacArthur or Piper or whatever. Right. It's not in in God's sovereignty. He has ordained that I be a member of this church, serve that local body, and sit under that preaching, knowing uh, my needs, knowing my situation. God wants me there, listening to that man. Yeah, and, and I think I need to interject at this point. That is one thing I love about this conference is those guys underscore that message. Yeah. You know, I've heard uh, all these guys underscore just what you said. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, there's a certain amount of celebrity culture that they can't, they can't deal right. with or they can't um, uh, help is what I'm trying to say. But They can't help people like me taking selfies with them. Right, right. But... I, I do lament that a little bit in our American culture, and I just wonder, of uh, man, that, that's indicative of so many things. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them is I don't I don't think we really understand how easy we have it in serving Christ, and so our ability to go through trials and suffering is very bad. Um, 
you know, some of the things that I counsel people on is, is I, I you know, you want to lovingly just say, hey, this really isn't that big of a deal because, I mean, there's so many other things that yeah. people are, work, you know, going through. But at the same time, as a pastor, I can't say that because I do want to be compassionate right. because it is a big deal to them in that moment. Um, but I, uh, it's it's something that I, I wonder if the the abundance that we have and the ease and the mm. celebrityness and all that is affecting their ability to follow Christ in difficult times. I think you kind of hit on something else that's really important about the local church, the idea of accountability. Mm. Is my pastor who can rein me in when he mm-hmm. sees me? What, if I'm going too hard after whatever celebrity preacher or, sure. or really whatever, he's the guy who's going to in charge of uh, my spiritual care and if I'm there week by week, he can notice that and see that and pull me aside if need be and say, hey, you know, you're going off to an extreme here or, hey, this is not healthy. You need to. Yeah. And, and I'll interject. I don't want to uh, derail the conversation too much, but I think this is a good point of the uh, what a pastor's role is, mm, yeah. because I think a lot of times people want the person to deliver a sermon and that's it. Right. They don't want a pastor. So the pastor is more than a speaker. Yeah. They, they, a pastor's a shepherd. A pastor should have the ability to speak into people's lives in a loving, winsome way, yeah. compassionate, kind, gentle. You know, there's been far too much abuse with pastoral authority and things like that, which is abhorrent. But at the same time, the pastor should, by virtue of the office that God has created, be able to speak into people's yeah. lives and say, hey, I think you need to consider this. But well, I've told the church, I said, I think too many Christians want a chaplain or they want uh, someone to simply deliver a homily. Yeah. And then they can move on with their life. Right. You know, they want a Bible teacher. They don't want a pastor. Yeah. And, you know, the, I think that's a good reminder for all of your listeners and, and us that when we're part of a church... We're asking people to speak truth into our lives. And not just the pastor, by the way, the other members right. too. Holding each other accountable. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's one of, that's, that leads into this celebrity culture is that John MacArthur is not going to take me to task on anything. Exactly. Like, I can listen to them and just move on. I can download the message and if I don't like it, I delete it and I move on to the next. Yeah, and I'm full of a lot of Bible facts and a lot of Bible knowledge, yeah. but there's no one saying, okay, what are you doing with this? Right. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up here because we got to get to a conference ourselves. And uh, we'll keep you up to date with that. You can check uh, on Twitter. I'll try to update that at Basic Bible Cast. And uh, again, we, we've completely jettisoned our normal format uh, for these special editions, but I still will be posting some recommended resources. And uh, Jeremy volunteered me to be giving away some free books later. Yeah, so I was. Thanks for that. I was going to say that <laughs> you should, in the spirit of T for G, give away uh, a book or two to your uh, listeners. So once I get these free books. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll go through and see what I, I can pass on to you, the listener. Maybe we'll include that in a, in a contest or of, of some sort. Uh, but I'll be posting that later. Um, well, by the time you're listening to this, it will be there. So thank you for for listening. Be checking uh, Twitter. Check our Facebook group as well. Don't forget the website, www.basicbiblepodcast.org. Share this with your friends and whatnot. And so uh, the, our next podcast will be Again, continuing this theme, and I'll be trying to talk with some uh, some of these speakers, or not necessarily speakers, but pastors and, and friends I run into in the next couple of days, and then we'll wrap things up on our way home. Maybe we'll try the car thing again. Sure. With, uh, this time I'll, I'll use a different recorder, and because uh, I still want to do the cool, hip, hey, we're in the car, this is unedited, and 
you know, if that truck cuts us off, Jeremy's going to curse up a storm and ruin his testimony and his ministry, and it'll all be caught on tape. Thank you for that vote of confidence. Awesome. All right, so we'll see you next time.